Happy days, everyone. Welcome to the Just Michelle Talking Podcast. It's me, Michelle. Wouldn't be anybody else, really. And possibly I'm going to have that joke like going on forever because I find it stupid and therefore hilarious. But anyway, today is an interesting topic. I have kind of avoided talking too much about this whole pandemic business other than mentioning it in passing because really I feel like that's all we talk about. It's like everybody's endless talking about this it's, oh, and mind you it's because we have nothing else going on in our lives right we can't at least here in victoria we can't go to parties we can't go to movies we can't do stuff and so instead of doing stuff we're all just sitting around being kind of bored of stuff and therefore we have no stuff to talk about other than this pandemic stuff which is just super super annoying but i still wanted to re- record a podcast about it because on the back of what I was talking about last week with um, acceptance and forgiveness and gratitude and perspective, I think now there is no better time than to talk about those things in relation to this world situation we're going in. And today I really wanted to focus on the positive, all the silver linings that have been going on from this situation. And I've been working particularly hard to come up with silver linings as we've gone along Because in the beginning of this, we all experience so much loss. Now, that loss comes in very different ways. Obviously, the the loss of human life for those of us who have lost friends and loved ones to this, the loss of freedom to leave our homes as and when we want to, the loss of experiences we thought we were going to have. You know, my kids thought they were going to start university and my son was off on a big gap year and they lost those life experiences. There has been a lot of grief and a lot of loss around this experience. And today I actually wanted to highlight something totally different, which is all the good stuff that has come out of this. Some of these may apply to you, others may not, but they're all things that either I've thought of as being good things or other people have thought of as good things. And it's just kind of a feel-good episode because the longer this goes on and the kind of crappier it feels, I think we need to focus on the good stuff. This is not at all discounting that there's plenty of bad stuff happening. It's simply looking at this with a slightly different lens. And I wanted to start my list of all the things that I think are the silver linings to the situation by telling you a very brief story. And I'm going to come back to this story at the end, but I'm just going to start with this story. It's kind of a story about loss. It's, it's, it's short. Let's do this. So about a, oh, I want to say about a year ago now, I don't remember exactly. I was in the car with my daughter and my daughter, Alexis, for those of you who know her, very amazing kid who often has a very amazing perspective on things. And out of the blue, she's like, mom, has it ever occurred to you that one day you put us down and you never picked us up again? And I looked at her and I, I kind of went, what? <laughs> Which is my usual answer to a lot of things she says, because she often has quite insightful things that take me a while to catch on. And she said, yeah, well, one day, probably when we were toddlers, you put us down, as in physically carried us, you put us down, and then you never picked us up again. Just let that sink in for a minute. You put us down, and then you never picked us up again. I have to say that that comment made me feel awful. Firstly, because she was right. And secondly, because oh my God, what a hideous feeling to think that I didn't know that when I put them down that last time, that was the last time I was doing it. Now, this last time concept goes for a lot of things, right? The last time you saw your parent, 
before they passed away, the last time you saw a friend before something happened, whatever. Last times are horrible. I don't want to think about this too much. So that conversation with Alexis, while brief, has never left my thoughts. Like I have often come back to that, that like, that was the last time I did that thing. Now, sometimes, by the way, last time can be joyful, right? The last time you kissed that cheating bastard. I don't, I don't know. The last time you ate that, like, I don't know, sashimi that was rotten. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> there are probably lots of last times that were pretty good. But in this moment of loss and grief that we've all been going through, I've, I've been thinking a little bit about that comment again. And I'm telling you, it's the kind of thing that haunts me now and again. You're welcome, by the way. It's now in your mind about this last time that I picked my kids up. I'm going to come back to this story a little bit later, but just just bear that in mind. So let's talk about all the things that are, are really great or are the silver linings to the situation from the small to the big and everywhere in between. So one is that like there's a lot less traffic, <laughs> which means that firstly, there is less pollution happening in the world. And the big winner here, I'm hoping, is yes and no. The big winner here is the environment, right? The oceans are cleaner. The air is cleaner. You know, there's cities like New Delhi and parts of Asia where people are reporting clear skies for the first time in a really long time. And we are flying less, driving less, basically chugging a whole lot of fuels out into the environment, a whole lot less. And that's a really good thing. I'm going to conveniently ignore all the trash we're creating with gloves and face masks and stuff. But at least from an air quality point of view, the environment is doing a whole lot better, which I think that is a really, really nice thing, right? The environment is doing a lot better. Traffic is doing a lot better. And kind of along those same lines, um, I think we've been caught up in a life of rampant consumerism. And while it is true that a lot of us are buying more Uber Eats and more stuff online, a lot of us are also spending a lot less money. And a lot of us are saving more. And money has become a very interesting currency, literally and figuratively at the moment, insofar as a lot of us are getting ourselves out of debt. We are saving money. We're thinking more about what we spend and spending a lot more thoughtfully, mindfully, and considering how we're spending that money. And I think that that is a really, really interesting thing. Money, I think, is acquiring more value in a way. It's not that it's worth more from an actual sense point of view. It's worth more to us individually. Do I really want to buy that thing? What's worth buying? Something that makes me happy or something that I just chuck out? You know, I think money and consumerism is something that has actually improved over all this. I think on those same lines, another silver lining to the situation is that a lot of people I'm coming in contact with are rethinking their priorities, rethinking their lives. It's as though we've all been given the opportunity to take a collective deep breath and kind of go, you know, just giant inhale and giant exhale and go, okay, this is what I wanted out of life, or this is what I don't want out of life. I read a beautiful article by Esther Perel, who's a well-known 
couples therapists and psychotherapists. And she was talking about how relationships in the time of COVID have kind of gone on to high speed or, or intensity level 10 and relationships that were just starting out have intensified in the beautiful, most beautiful way. But similarly relationships that were not healthy uh, have broken down a lot faster. And I actually think both of those are a beautiful thing because nobody's wasting their time. Right. So I think that we are all getting the opportunity to take that big inhale and exhale, maybe several inhales and exhales. And I think that's a really lovely thing. You know, we are so busy. We have, we have become a world that glorifies the notion of being busy. When somebody says like, hey, how are you? Yeah, I've been really busy. Doing what exactly? Have you been, you know, we no longer have the excuse of I've been really busy with the exception of teachers and medical workers, everyone else, not that busy anymore. So I actually love this idea that rather than glorify the idea of being busy and how super important and special you are, because, oh my God, you're we suddenly are taking a slower step, a deeper breath, a bigger life experience. And I think that that is really a beautiful, beautiful thing. There has been a lot of pressure in this situation to have your like hashtag ISO body, which by the way, my ISO body is fluffy, but whatever. Uh, and, you know, pick up all these hobbies and suddenly start all these, you know, start baking sourdough and banana bread and working out to every fitness app known to man. And while there's part of me that wants to totally scoff at that and be like, oh my God, you losers, why are you always doing all this cool stuff? Because I am not doing cool stuff, except apparently starting a podcast. Oh, me and like 10,000 other people, by the way, in the middle of this. In any case, before I go off on a rant about people doing too much cool stuff, which I am not doing, one of the things I actually think is, is pretty cool about the whole hobbies and fitness and thing that people are returning to, because now they have the time to return to it is that people are picking up lost parts of themselves. I've noticed that friends who used to have amazing creative skills are picking those and who, and who lost them because of jobs, children, life, whatever, are picking those skills back up again. You know, the photographers are taking more photos. The quilters have pulled their stash out of the cupboard. The people who are amateur bakers are cracking those eggs again. And I think it's actually a really beautiful thing, whether or not you've picked up new hobbies or not. I actually love this idea of people picking up old hobbies, returning to parts of themselves they lost. I think as we grow and mature, we lose a lot of who we are and we lose a lot of what brings us joy because it gets replaced with this glorification of busy thing or it gets replaced with actual busyness of raising families or looking after elderly parents or pets or jobs or whatever. And I think we lose parts of ourselves. So I actually think it's not about the people who are picking up new hobbies, although yay them. It's about the people who have picked up the lost parts of themselves. And I think that is a really beautiful silver lining to all of this. Then there's like little stuff, right? Like people are shopping local now, you know, they're getting stuff within their area as opposed to traveling a million miles. They're supporting local small businesses. You know, we might all be ordering Uber Eats, but we're ordering it from somewhere nearby, which is kind of beautiful. And I think that people often don't bother to see what's just around their neighborhood. So it's giving people a reason to discover what's in their neighborhood. 
I know for the kids and I, we've actually been doing this about every three weeks or once a month, we do have takeaway meals. And instead of just kind of going same old, same old, we've been trying really hard to find new places that we can support. I know that as a consumer, I care more now about supporting smaller businesses. Now, as a small business coach, I cared about that anyway, but now I'm actually putting more effort into really seeking out local companies that I can support and local people that I can support. And I think that that's a really important thing. Um, And one of the other things I think is really great about this whole thing is the flexible work benefit. Companies who previously didn't allow working from home for people who need it will suddenly find that it's entirely possible. And the winners in that for me are parents, mothers or fathers or uncles or whatever, parents, who people who look after small children, who need that kind of flexibility, who in the past were told it simply was not an option. And I also think people who have disabilities of various kinds who need a flexible work life, who either cannot leave their homes due to their physical disabilities, who struggle because of their mental disabilities, suddenly companies making it possible for people to work from home opens the door to an entire workforce of people who previously were either unemployable or underemployed. And suddenly, oh, we can work from home. That means all kinds of people can suddenly be employed. And I think that is a beautiful and amazing thing. Speaking from my own experience, I had asked my workplace if we were able to work from home and we repeatedly told, no, 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 not an option. And we've now all been doing it for six months. So the situation at large has forced the hand of these companies to figure out, you know what? We don't need these big buildings filled with people in them. There's benefits to that. Don't get me wrong. I think there is a benefit to having a workplace. But we can now offer a flexible option to people who truly, truly need it for whatever reason they need it. And I think that's amazing. I like to believe that we were going to learn the value of our teachers and how much we currently undervalue them. I do not know how these teachers are teaching and keeping their kids and then their own kids and their own lives on track. I think teachers in first world countries certainly have always been undervalued. And I hope that the silver lining here is that we value them more. That might be a little bit, um, I don't know, rose colored glasses of me, but I hope that that's a silver lining that comes out of this. I think we're going to learn the importance of social connection, not via machines. Now that sounds really funny, but I think in the beginning of this, we were all like, yay, zoom dinners, trivia nights, whatever, whatever. And as this has dragged on, we've actually realized the power of a phone call. You know, the digital age is the loneliest age. And I want to believe that while we are now physically further apart, we are now making phone calls. I know I've certainly done that. I know plenty of other people who have done that in my life. And I hope that one of the silver linings here is that we learn to connect socially in ways that are not necessarily digital. So let's hope, maybe that's a hopeful one, really. I sincerely hope that people are learning the lessons of humility, gratitude, and resilience. I hope we learn that there are needs and then there are wants, and that if your needs are not covered, then you're not going to get to your wants. You know, there's probably a lot of emotional lessons, I think, that can be really learned from this whole situation. And I think that, that humility and gratitude and resilience are the big emotional lessons that I hope we all get to learn here. You know, I think that that is, is a really big thing also. 
I think one of the greatest gifts we can say that this situation has given us is time, which sounds a bit funny because I think we're all sick of being at home. But when do we have the time to think about these things? When do we have the time to make those phone calls? When do we have the time to do, you know, potter around in the garden or pick up those lost parts of ourselves? I think the greatest gift that this has given us is time. And that actually brings me back to my story about Alexis. Telling me that there was one day when I put her down and I never picked her up again. And I wanted to share from me what the most important and personal silver lining to this situation has been. And that has been the gift of time with my kids. So for those of you who know me in real life, and for those of you who are getting to know me via the podcast, I have had an interesting road to parenthood. And I'll probably share a little bit about that in another podcast, um, just because I think it's an interesting one to me and maybe interesting to you. But these three young people are the most important beings in my life. And uh, I told you I'd cry at some point in this podcast. Here you go. It's today. Uh, but the nature of them being triplets is that they tend to do stuff <laughs> as a group. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't treat them as individuals and they don't do things individually and they grow and mature at different rates. That's 100% true. But, you know, they all start high school at the same time. They all graduate high school at the same time. They reach life's milestones together, whether they want to or not, in the main, right? Obviously, some things are different, but mostly they reach life's milestones together. And what that meant is that last December, they all graduated high school together and started to head off into their, the big wide world on their own in different directions. But they reached that important life milestone of having a much more free life, whether that's university or traveling or whatever. Now, in the U.S., this happens in a very defined way because come the fall, after the end of summer, your kids all head off to universities. But in Australia, that doesn't happen. Most kids stay at home for university. So I was never going to have that big moment where I drove them to a dorm and then drove away, which I'm very grateful for. But somewhere in the middle of last year, their lives got really, really busy and they started to spend more time working and more time with friends. And then they learned how to drive. So they started driving themselves around or using public transport to get around. And I could feel them disappearing from my daily life and from my house all the time. And it was one of those bittersweet moments for which I felt extreme gratitude and extreme sadness at the same time because my, my babies, my babies, you know, were growing up and driving away quite literally. And that was really hard. And so I was prepared. Well, while none of them were moving out of home, let me be clear. It was an emotional reckoning much more than it was a physical reckoning. I started to kind of mentally prepare myself for the fact that they were slowly walking away. And at some point I would reach the point where they would move out of the house. And I had started to work on my acceptance of that situation because I'm enormously proud of them. But one of the great gifts that this pandemic has given me is the gift of time with them. It feels like this now 10 months of them being at home and not being able to travel and not being able to go to university. And don't get me wrong, I want that for them. I want them to go to uni. I want them to travel the world. I want them to do lots of things. But it feels like this so far 10 months of having them in my daily space is an enormous gift. I feel so privileged to get this 
kind of weird bubble of time with them where they're still doing what they can to start their lives and be independent, but the situation of the pandemic forces them to be home with me and close to me. And in these last several months, we've really reached an amazing place of teamwork and cooperation and love and fun. And oh my goodness, they make me laugh so much every day. They, you know, whether they're making fun of each other, making fun of me, or just being hilarious because they are in fact hilarious people, the gift of time that I have been given and getting to spend this time with them before they, you know, grow and fly away feels like the best gift this pandemic could have given me. Now, of course, this does mean that when they do finally fly away, I'll probably be that much more upset because I had this much time with them. But I feel incredibly, incredibly grateful that what I got is the gift of time with these young people and that I got to know them as adults or almost adults, pre-adults, whatever you want to say it, way before they actually took off in the world. And the fact that I get to wake up with them and go to sleep with them and cook for them and have them cook for me and do all sorts of amazing, beautiful things is an incredible gift. This pandemic gave me the gift of time with my kids. And uh, I think I'm going to be grateful for that one for a long time. <laughs> and why this relates to the story with Alexis is because she, uh, <laughs> I have to pull myself together, don't I? Um, let's just breathe (laughs) she um, made that comment to me that you know mom at one point you put us down and you never picked us up again and she was so right about that from a physical point of view as in yep at some point they either got too tall or too heavy or possibly both really which is okay. You know, that's what happens when kids grow up, really. And so they got too tall or too heavy, or possibly both in the case of my kids who are very tall. And so I never picked them up again. And last year it started to feel like emotionally I I was putting them down again too. And so the gift the pandemic has given me is the ability to emotionally speaking pick them back up again. And uh, that's a very amazing feeling to think that I can pick them back up again, hold on to them super, super tight, and then be a lot more aware of when I go to put them down again emotionally. Now, being their mother, I don't think it's ever going to happen 100% because that's my job. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it's made me a lot more aware of how I get to pick them up in a different sense and put them down in a different sense. And neither of those are a bad thing. Both of those are a good thing, really. And so even though I may never pick them up again physically, and this is not for lack of trying, by the way, but, you know, my son is six foot four, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. So it's reminded me that even though I can't pick them up physically, I certainly can pick them up emotionally. And I'm so glad that I've had this opportunity and time to be able to do that. So while I will not be running in the streets being like, yay, pandemic, this has been awesome. <laughs> For me, anyway, I feel like the silver linings have been pretty big silver linings. And I hope for you, 
however you're finding your way through in this world. I hope that, and, and this crazy situation, I hope that you too have found some silver linings. And if you were struggling to find a silver lining, I hope that you found one from my list of them because there certainly have been, been plenty of them out there. And today I'm going to finish with um, one of my favorite meditations. So there's a, a guided meditation that I do that it's not actually about gratitude, but it's kind of about a lot of things, but it has a specific um, kind of mantra in it. And I wanted to share that today, probably as a way of calming myself down, not going to lie from all the crying, uh, but also as something that I, I wish for all of you as we go through all this. Now, in the original of this, the sentences start with, may I be X, may I be Y, and then they progress to may you be this and may you be that. But I'm going to modify it a little bit today so that it encompasses you and me, and I'm going to say may we. But feel free to borrow this and use it for your own self. It may be helpful. So the mantra goes like this. May we be happy. May we be healthy. May we be safe. And may we be at peace. And so as we go through these incredibly difficult times and as we pick up and put things down like children and hobbies and emotions, may we all be happy. May we be healthy. May we be safe and may we be at peace. <laughs> 